Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Stranger Nerds podcast. I'm Tommy Grant, and we have Connor Vandemark, Mitchell Lee, and Nick Izzo, and we are your hosts of Jersey Nerds. And tonight, we continue our adventure through Stranger Things with Chapter 4, The Body. Connor, Nick, did your predictions hold up from last week? Some did. Oh, you bet. So, uh... Remind the people, because I've, I've, I'm having trouble tracking your predictions as well. I should definitely, we should definitely like note this, and I want yeah. a new spreadsheet for this. Let's so. let's do that. I agree. Um, that's, that's fair. Would you like me to go first? So I guess let's track back. Connor and Nick, do you remember your predictions from last week? <laughs> All right. Yes, so if I remember correctly, where it left off was um, one thing I was definitely wrong about was they still kept eleven under wraps. I guess you can say like two. They you no, know, even though I kind of thought Mike might be more pissed at 11 than he actually was um he started was, off pissed you know he started off pissed but at the same time like i thought that he was like oh get the hell out of my house kind of pissed um that was one um what was the other one that i was thinking of i thought the other, I thought the other prediction i had i had two main ones and that was the one i i should, we should write these down next time next time <laughs> i agree um actually hold on actually i might have it in my notes on my phone look at me thinking nice. ahead thinking ahead isn't that a big old noggin yeah uh oh yeah i did write it down um uh did you do nope i did not write down for episode uh episode <laughs> episode four predictions i had episode three predictions but i don't have episode four predictions um no, maybe it was right. Episode three, I think it's called my mother. Do, 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 do. Which one is it, damn it? I don't know. <laughs> Get on with it. Get on, Get with, on it. with it. <laughs> uh, so my prediction, I feel like both of mine came true. Although with one of them, I was very vague. Uh, I guessed that Will was still going to be alive and i'm pretty sure that is oh yeah was a bit evident a bit based on him being inside of you know the wall and such um and then my second one didn't happen until like the very very end but um i predicted that hopper was going to go investigate the uh the laboratory but um you know he doesn't really get there until like uh, like minute forty eight or something. Went into full <laughs> so, investigation mode. So you you were you were pretty oh, right on did. the money with that. He did. He did. Yeah. The other, that, you just drive my memory. It was the other thing about with eleven and how she was saying that Will was still at the house hiding, or that's what they directed him in the yeah. first place. That was that was the other thing we, that we did talk about. Um. Yeah, they definitely dropped my memory on that one. Um. Because obviously, Eleven was able to get the singing sound from the radio of the uh, the song that Will likes to sing. Yeah, I mean, th- this episode very much was kind of the peak investigation episode of the season. Because you have Hopper investigating the whole state police conspiracy. You have Nancy trying to figure out what that monster was she saw, and she's investigating that. And then you have Eleven and Mike and everybody else investigating the whole, you know, did they hear Mike? Did they not hear Mike or uh, hear Will? I keep getting those two confused, but Hopper definitely goes full into the investigation, but we're starting to get in and not to, not to get too ahead of ourselves. I don't think this is a spoiler by any means, but we're starting to get into kind of a theme of the show where we have, one group investigating one thing, one group investigating another thing, and you kind of learn how they're connected. Yep. In in one way or another, and this, and we've seen a little bit of that, but this was the one where it was really like, you know, the Nancy subplot was more of just they weren't really investigating or looking at anything. It was more just stuff happening. Where now you see Nancy and uh, Jonathan kind of working together to try to figure out what the thing with no face is while the guys are out there and they're trying to 
figure out where Will is, how they can communicate with him, and then Hopper's going on his beat up the entire town side quest, which I found <laughs> very fascinating. It's true. It, it was only a few people. Well deserved. And Joyce, people. I mean, you had her talking to the. I mean, she needs sleeping pills. Whatever shit, just just something to make her relax a little bit because she is just sweaty and anxious the entire episode, and it's been yeah, like this that... for about three straight episodes now. <laughs> sure. Well, I think that's kind of a good starting point to jump into the episode. Is we start off with Hopper and the deputies arriving at the buyer's house, kind of breaking the news that they found Will's body, and. It's funny, Hopper gives kind of the same advice to Joyce that Jonathan did last episode of you need to get some sleep. Because Joyce obviously is in shock. She's stressed. She's just in complete denial that Will's dead. She's convinced he's alive, which, you know, later we do find out he is still alive. But just that comparison from last week, everybody's just telling her to just go to sleep, go to sleep, just kind of brush it off and get some sleep, which she definitely needs. Um, but then we kind of see her say, fuck that. And a little bit later, she goes out into the shed, grabs an axe, and just sits in front of the wall, <laughs> which was screaming, shining vibes for me. I was just waiting for her to go crazy. Just yes, have that. Stuff in. Have that. Well, here's before that, we get a little bit of insight uh, of Hopper kind of telling Joyce, like, hey, uh, when my daughter died, I kind of, I, I, I heard her as well. And you get a little bit of uh, the, the, the Joyce Hopper uh, connection continuing to grow. And you definitely feel like Hopper is going to do absolutely everything possible. We, we, we see that later on to yeah. uh, get to the bottom of this. Because he feels that emotional connection to, I lost a kid. How can I help this person who may be going through similar things? Yeah, I think losing a kid is kind of what does drive him to come back to this small town away from the city. So he's definitely run away from his problems, so now he's kind of going to help Joyce face her problems because he realized that was probably the error of his ways. So I'm I'm all on Team Hopper because he definitely is doing everything he can to help out Joyce at this situation. Character development. A lot of characters. It's really, it's really <laughs> come along with uh... It's really come along with him in a nice way. Yeah. And then shortly after that, we get Joyce and Jonathan at the morgue with Hopper seeing the body title of the episode there. Um, and Joyce is just completely, completely unconvinced that the body is Will's actual body. Something about a birthmark. We don't see it happen, but I'm guessing they probably rolled the body over and there was no birthmark. I'm guessing that's what set Joyce off when she comes storming out, yelling, that's not my son. But you definitely can tell everybody's, you know, kind of thinking she's crazy. That was well, one hell of an editing choice, by the way. To not show that, but to rather just cut to her storming out of the, uh, out of the Absolutely. I, I thought that was a really good choice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially how, because to me, it built up the suspense even later. We'll get, we'll get to more of the Hopper's investigation storyline later. But, like, it definitely built up the suspense of him opening the body bag up and finally, you know, seeing Will eventually. Or, yeah. quote-unquote, Will. And it, um, it allows us as the audience to kind of be sympathetic towards Joyce and Jonathan because we see them fighting in the street of Jonathan saying, you know, you're going crazy. Will's dead. We're not letting him sit in that freezer. Like, we're having a funeral. And Joyce is just completely, like, we're not doing that. And as us as the audience, we're not really quite sure what to believe. Do we believe Jonathan? Do we believe Joyce? Who do we side with here? Um, I thought, I think that the one thing that, like, it, that's, it keeps going back in my mind right now is the way that how like the interaction between Joyce and Jonathan, how they're pretty much foils of each other right now. Um, because you have Joyce who seems currently like the irrational one. And you no, know, she is being unhinged because of the fact that, you no, know, she's seeing things that she shouldn't be seeing, but she knows that they're right. And Jonathan, 
who definitely is getting like the um, portraying as the child who grew up too fast and trying to take on the more responsible role and like because generally speaking you have you have the you have the parent telling the child to get a grip and like no no believe in what's happening you know what, what the perceived reality that everybody else is seeing and in this case it's flipped where the child's take is trying to calm the parent and you no know, again jonathan doesn't realize that uh until he starts talking to nancy later that like oh maybe there's something is going on here um but like i thought it was always very interesting of that like that dynamic of Joyce just freaking out and like running and like being so hyper fixated and Jonathan actually trying to be the rational one, you know, quote unquote in this situation and trying to bring her back to earth. Yeah. So I I think that kind of ties nicely into the Nancy storyline. We see Nancy and Joyce kind of in a similar path on this episode where they know they've seen something they know their story's true, but nobody else believes them. We see Nancy trying to tell her story to Steve. Steve just laughs and jokes it off. And we see her telling the cops, you know, a similar story. They think it's, you know, a bunch of nonsense. But we know Nancy saw something in those woods. And that one and, cop continues to be absolutely useless. Uh, it it drives me nuts. He and just I know wanted that. to know if she was having sex. That's yeah. it. He contributed sure. nothing. And that was that had to be the most awkward conversation for Nancy to have being interrogated by these two cops who clearly don't really care. They're just trying to get some interesting story out of her. But we have Mrs. Wheeler kind of just sitting there in the background listening, and Nancy's like, "Well, what Why do I say?" Why was she there? My guess is because she's still a minor. So for the police to investigate okay. and interview her, they'd have to have a parent there. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. That that's yeah, that what was, I that got as my well. Only guess. Also, that's what I gather. But um, didn't they have other kids that were taught? Like, didn't Steve talk to the cops as well? I I'm assuming they all did. It was just more Nancy's that they focused on in terms of gotcha. Nancy's the only one that's concerned that Barb is missing, and that's the point she's trying to drive across later with her mom is, yes, like this is what happened, but the more important concept is. Barb is missing and no one seems to care. It is Why? shocking how little anyone gives a damn about yeah. Barb. Yeah, it's it's sad, but you know that's a small town. Like no one seems to really notice. Like they all just think it's a crazy story. Barb might have just you know jumped you know skipped town or something. No one seems to actually take anything seriously except for Hopper. So thankfully we have Hopper for all that. And Hopper Will. is preoccupied with uh, with Will, so she can't he can't really be focused on Barb right now. <laughs> well, the other thing too was that like, did he even get wind of about Barb yet? Like, because I feel I feel like he if he knew, because because I'm assuming this is no, this whole talking place takes place the day after that. Remember correctly that yeah because that Barb let the parents know. I mean, sorry, yeah. uh, Nancy let the parents know, like, uh, like Barb's parents, like, hey, they're missing. Like, you know, I need to talk to them. So if this happens the day after, then, you no. Know, yeah, most Hopper, likely Hopper Hopper's on his own. Yet. Hopper's on his own own course. So, like, if it because if I was Hopper, I'm like, I have another kid missing, and no one knows what fucking happened to her either. Like to me, like I'll be, I would be thinking if I was in Hopper's shoes, was these two must be connected. And I was going to ask, at what point do people start making a connection between the two? Yeah, and like a Hopper would probably be the first one to make that connection because of the fact that he actually is caring about this. The question is when he will get this, <laughs> when he would actually get the connect, when he would get the information to actually make the connection. That's as someone that gives a damn. Yeah, as someone who actually gives a <laughs> damn. Um, and the and the funny thing too with with that is that how the two people. Who are most tangential to both these both these disappearances with Excellent. Nancy and Mike yeah. with Nancy and Mike? They are not they're not communicating with each other about the same issue that they're having right now, where both their best friends are missing, 
and of course to us as the the observer of this whole situation no we know that they're missing most likely because of the same exact thing but they don't know they, they don't trust each other to actually talk about this um which like no i understand their siblings and all like no you don't really sometimes you don't really respect your siblings like no as someone who has an older sister i i do get that in mike's point of view i'm like why would i tell my sister about this she probably think i'm crazy um but at the same time like it's funny it's kind of kind of funny to me that they're both going to the same shit and if they if they actually combine their forces they probably would really got more shit done they're also much younger so they might not necessarily think that they're connected either oh yeah no definitely um, they haven't reached the point yet because we're just now starting to see kind of the otherworldly forces at play. Whereas right now, they would have no reason, especially not, I would say especially not Mike, apart from Eleven, thinking that it's an otherworldly type thing. Nancy's yeah. seen something directly. And on top of that, too, if Hopper actually got this interview report from these deputies, which I doubt he will because of how incompetent they are, they even mentioned how Barb's car was found. And it was somewhere across town, but the state police found it. Obviously, we know the state police are covering everything up. So Hopper, being the one who knows the state police are kind of up to some sketchy shit, he probably would have connected the dots. But these two deputies are just like, oh, they found the car. Like, Barb's not missing. It's fine. Like, nothing to worry about. They just clock in, do nothing, and then clock out. Yeah. It's it's a shame. But you need some sort of incompetence to frustrate the audience. <laughs> oh, that's what I wanted to mention, too. It's, um, I, it, it was like, I took my tongue early and just like, escaped me. Um. Definitely during that interview scene with Nancy, as someone mm-hmm. who like I am someone who easily gets, um, I feel I feel other people's awkwardness when I like watch TV shows and that can make it sometimes difficult. That scene was miserable for me. Yeah, because <laughs> I can I can I know what you mean. Like it's I'm someone who actually would like have to pause the show and like kind of restart the scene because of the fact that I I have to like. I'm feeling the cringe, and it's like my whole body reacts to it. And like even my uh, even my girlfriend's like, it's like, are you okay? Like, are you okay to watch the show? It's like, yeah, I'm fine. But like, this is how I watch the when it comes to stuff like this. This is how I react. And, oh boy, Stranger well, Things is gonna break Connor. I'm fine. <laughs> well, I know, but I'll be fine. It's more so like, no, I'm just used to the, used to it at this point. Season three might be rough for you say that yeah we'll find out <laughs> yeah we we'll have to wait and see mitchell <laughs> <laughs> i can already think of a few things where i'm like i i, I just wait till that i think i'm on the same brain wave here yeah <laughs> but so uh, a little bit can we i was gonna say can yeah. we get into uh 11 going to school oh they, we they, will they get eat into her they eat here they, they give we, her a wig. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that wig looks awful. Do we, we want to play a game in how many Stephen King references in these in eighties movies are in this episode? Because there are quite a few. I can't play because I already see the show doc. So <laughs> that's fair. I mean, you have the title of the show. The body is a direct homage to. The novella Stand By Me was based off the same short story name from Stephen King. I did not know that. uh, Stand By Me is like one of my top 30 movies of all time. So, love it. And according to the notes, uh, the state trooper officer David O'Bannon is... The surname is taken from Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Alien Screenplay. Uh, Joyce putting... The axe through the wall is, you know, of course, the iconic scene from The Shining. And then the big, you know, big one was Eleven being dressed in the exact same dress and wig that they put E.T. in. 
the movie E.T. That was probably the biggest one, and that was probably the most yeah. comical, too. Yeah. And that was the first time that Mike and everybody kind of saw her as a girl and not just some, you know, no, psychopath. Mike seeing, Mike, Mike's been seeing her as a girl for about an episode and a half now. Well, <laughs> it, it took it up a whole nother notch. <laughs> the, the look on his face was like, was oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he's, not, he's he 12, so it's it's a little bit more, I, I guess, confusion and innocence than anything else. But, like, <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to talk to her. Um, but it was, it was nice to see them finally go out and about to the school. And then it was that, that, that one bully that's just, like, I don't remember his name, but he's just that would be good comically just above and beyond an asshole. The mouth just breaker. laughing and making the worst jokes about a dead kid, about there, a dead eleven-year-old. Right. But let, let's back up there for a second. There is no good joke for a dead kid. Yes, right. but if but if you were to grade them on a scale of one to ten, this would still be bad. Like, I'm sure this is a scene that made Connor cringe at home because I yes. certainly cringe at this scene. Honestly, oh, let's say, so, again, I cringe at awkward situations. To me, this was an awkward. Not just more so kids being dicks. That's how I thought Sarah and I laughed because, of course, we, we know Will's not dead. So, but we laughed just like, all right, come on, man. That's, try harder. Don't try like, at all. You, Stop being a like, dick. Yes, don't try at all. But like, if you're going to put material out there, do better than that. We deserve to dance in front of the people. Yeah, and so the the bullies' names. Looking at the show notes, is Troy Walsh and James Dante. I mean, could you have picked a better bully name than Troy? Dante is also sounds like a very bully name. Ooh, that's another callback because Dante is the last name I'm pretty sure of the guy that directed Gremlins. Is yep, it? Joe Dante directed Gremlins, so that's Perfect. another one. How do you remember that stuff? You're I, such a genius. So he, they they definitely uh, wanted to wanted to call back to some '80s classics. That's for sure. Yeah, that's part of the thing I love about the show is just all the '80s nostalgia they throw into it. But it's not cheap. It no, services the story, and they do a good job of making you feel like you're in the time without pushing it down your throat to where, hey, uh, look at all this cool 80s stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the movie or the plot or anything or the, the show or the plot, anything like that. It all is in service of the story and the characters, and that's why it works for me. Yeah, they, they definitely do a good job, especially with this episode with the whole dressing Eleven up as a girl, bring her to the school, and that awkward conversation they have with the uh, science teacher whose name I'm forgetting. <laughs> but just that whole Again, interaction. Has them use their stuff. Yeah, it, it's just funny because like, he just he's like, oh, who is this? And like, oh, it's our cousin. She's from Sweden. <laughs> bad, bad place. <laughs> like, like of, all, of all places, just, just Sweden. It just well, made no sense, but the teacher just went along with it, like, "Oh, okay, cool." Well, it here's, kind of, the, here's the keys to this room that you shouldn't really be in by yourself, <laughs> but we're gonna let you go in anyway. The the blonde hair at yeah, least I helps. Not understand that. The blonde hair helps at least because, like, most people from like the uh, Norwegian peninsula are like blonde hair, blue eyes. This is true. <laughs> so uh, to me, to me, that I'm that sure that was going through out. all their minds. I'm well aware of that, but to me, like, I was like, oh, that kind of checks out. Like, no. Obviously, he doesn't really care as much. No. He obviously bit the bait. So before we get towards the end, I want to jump back to the the Nancy Nancy. Jonathan storyline. We have Nancy just randomly show up at the funeral home where Jonathan's sadly looking at coffins for Will's body. I thought it was kind of awkward. Like, why would you track down someone to a funeral home while they're coughing? Yeah, I didn't get that one either. It's not not the time and place to just say, hey, I need to look at these pictures. But 
That's what she chose to do. I got a few questions for you. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh no, that was Nancy just showing up at. Hey. I oh yeah. I actually have questions for him. <laughs> hey, uh, I know you're planning on picking the uh, coffin for your dead younger brother, but uh, hey, can you can you go back to the crib and answer a few questions for me? No, that's not the time or the place. <laughs> well, on the place no, Tommy, I don't have that... questions for you. <laughs> Thank God. But... <laughs> and but the guy they trying to having, a... they do have a really good conversation out of it, which was important. You get the whole concept of why Jonathan takes pictures, and we get the realization that like the pic- the monster that Nancy saw matches the description of what Joyce told Jonathan this faceless monster and they kind of have this little brain blast of like oh Joyce might not be going crazy after all and I thought that was really interesting that whole scene was just pretty like they're finally getting on track of what's what's going on I was with the comment finally yeah definitely uh it's about the comment before we leave this kind of segment two is the uh the guy trying to sell John in the coffin, trying to upsell him oh, that was the metal so... coffin. I was like, you dick. You were trying to upsell a coffin to a child. Wow. You, you, like, you yes. know he doesn't have that. money. Like, this is a small town. He definitely knows who this family is. You know they don't come for money. And you're going to try and upsell them on a coffin for, what, a 12-year-old kid? Like, yeah. I hate people. It led to a conversation where I, I just leaned over to Sarah and I said, hey, if I was to die like next week, just put me in the ground. <laughs> I don't want to I don't even deal with people like that. Well, I don't, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> I would like um, my death to be interesting and freak people out. Just have my body wash up on the river somewhere and just freak everybody out. Like At least make it comical. Can we talk about the the best interaction of the episode, which was Hopper with that guy at the bar? Oh, that was my Hopper f- O'Bannon. That was yeah, that, that was my favorite thing in this entire episode. Was just him going back and forth with him, and then just cuts to him beating the <laughs> beating the <laughs> hell out of O'Bannon. Because Hopper was doing a brilliant job investigating. He heard on the news at the, I think it was at the morgue where he was watching the TV or no, it was at the police station when he was interviewing uh, the morgue mortician guy about how the state police took over the whole um, autopsy. He hears on the news how unnecessary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say he hears on the news. Um, state trooper David O'Bannon, so that's where he got the name. Tracked him down to this random bar, as you know, all sketchy you know state police officers go to is a just random little dive bar to watch a game. And you just see Hopper playing dumb and just playing him for all it's worth, waiting for those little bits of information to come out to be like, all right, this is the right guy. He's up to no good, and calls him on the whole jurisdiction of where the quarry was covered. And basically says, yeah, you were not supposed to be the one to cover up this body. And so I know you ass. Yeah. So now we (laughs) switch outside to just him just pummeling him. And then we see the sketchy car in the background. I was waiting for Hopper to pop off a couple bullets, but he holds back. He shows restraint. I don't know why. That wasn't going to happen. That that (laughs) wasn't going to happen. Well, he's beating up random strangers in bars. Why not pop off? shooting them. No, hey, he, he gave that dude a he gave that dude a two piece and and a can of soda, and then I, I'm ready turned for around on the van. Hopper. He turned around on the van, and then he then turned back around to the guy as if he thought he was just gonna stand there. Like, of course, <laughs> the dude's gonna run away. Yeah, he. Like, was, I, I was a bit surprised that he was surprised. Like. Hey man, I'm just waiting for you to return to beat my ass. <laughs> like, like why, why did he not just hold him with one hand and then, with with the same motion, just turn around and then and then look? Instead, he's, he's like, like, I got bigger fish to fry. I got to figure out what this car's got he, going on. But then he lets his only lead to that point go, 
And then at that point, he just goes, fuck it, I'm gonna... It's to protect the plot. That's I, all. I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, it's been he... handled differently. We, we can't get someone... too much information. Even as someone who knows how all of this goes, and Tommy, I wonder if you were any different, because obviously you and I have watched this before, but we don't remember every single detail, but we know Mm -hmm. that Will is not dead. Yes. But I was still tense. (laughs) (laughs) I was still tense when he was about to cut up that body. But even he was was like, Yeah, and they did a great job of, and you, you know you can feel it, when someone who knows how it's going to go, who's watched it before, and knows how it's going to turn out, is still tense. I mean, so rewatching it, it was this, a job well done. I mean, rewatching it this past week, I even felt the tension of just. You can tell Hopper's debating his head. He's like, if I cut this body open and it's a real body, he's like, I'm fucked on so many levels. Yeah. And he's like, and then I have the My guilt of cutting open, cutting open some poor innocent kid's body. For a no twelve-year-old kid, yeah, yeah. But then he has the, you know, that judgment call of I know my hunch is right. I'm gonna go in, and he just finally goes in and cuts it open. Just the shock on his face when he pulls out the, the taxidermy. Oh. <laughs> so Connor, Nick, how how excited were you when you saw <laughs> that Will's body was a fake? Um, were you were you expecting I the mean, plot twist? I, I can honestly I can honestly say that that did not surprise me. Um, and I think I mentioned maybe two weeks ago or last week I can't remember, but um, the 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 Walking Dead kind of ruined me with uh, with how I perceive deaths <laughs> in shows. Uh, as soon as soon as you know everything happened, I kind of just thought like, eh. I don't think he's really dead. And then when they had the body, I I just thought, uh, this all seems too easy and too convenient. Um, so once that kind of happened, I just, you know, I kind of wasn't surprised. But you yeah. know, once once he opened up the body with the, you know, the taxidermy and all that, then I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Connor, what about you? Were you surprised? I was not surprised by him not being a fake, like his body being a fake. Um, I was definitely shocked, though, that like when he was about to cut him up, I had no idea what he was looking for in the first place. I thought he had like some hunch or something that like, oh, that that would give him like how I was viewing it was this body was th- that was there was maybe someone else that was doctored to look like will like it could be some other random random kid who knows like who knows how far the, the government in this show would go no it would not put me past them to have a stand-in um so i was definitely shocked that it was like actually like cotton like and like taxidermy getting pulled out i'm like oh not what i was expecting but like i was like i was very ready to see like blood come out or whatever you know they use for well, they, they kind of give a little hint to it right before he cuts open the body because he, he, uh, he starts pressing right he starts pressing down like like i don't even think it was the pressing down part it was more the fact because when you're obviously a dead body you go cold i think he touched it and it probably felt room temperature and he's like that mm. can't be right true you know dead body should be cold and you know stiff whereas this probably i'm guessing was plasticky or rubbery and just room temperature so that yeah. was probably his first giveaway of like this can't be a real body mm-hmm. and prize what pushed him to end up cutting open the stomach to find the fluff. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely, uh, that was, was, I thought it was a very, it was still a very much a, uh, suspenseful build up for it. Yes, absolutely. But I think that covers most of what happened. And then we get to the final, kind of culmination of events where we start off i think the best part to start with that is the whole hawkins lab we see the flashback scene with dr brenner kind of going through with 11 a little advancement on their tests that they were doing with her where she's basically being tasked with um 
finding a person and repeating what they're talking about. And we see her able to tune in to the radio and basically, or the intercom system and start basically live feeding this guy talking. Um, and that kind of connects. It's one right hell back. of an ability. Oh, that it's, it's almost as cool as professor X, but just not on the same level. So very close though. But at the same, but at the same time, it's very taxing on her because she can't, use that ability as frequently as someone like Professor X who can just read anybody's mind. Like, she's always, you know, she has that, she has you know, the bloody nose. Yeah, she's so, a mutant. I mean, I don't know if she's able to strengthen her ability, but it's just not something she can do multiple times in a row. Like, it definitely takes a toll on her body doing it just once. So, um, kind of off topic but something that it definitely reminded me of um so any of you guys like kind of like history buffs at all or like or weird history i mean you know i am um so have you ever heard of they what's called is the thing um or also known as the great seal bug that i have not heard I'm not so this is something that was created by the Russians back in 1945. Of course and it was. So, <laughs> it, 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 but honestly, the, the technology was really interesting. Um, so what it is pretty much is a, uh, so what it is, um, actually, uh, I'll send you a picture in the Discord so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. Um, I'll just send it to the Wikipedia page. Um, so pretty much what it is, is the Russians gave a, the embassy of the United States a symbol of the United States Great Seal. And with that, uh, they actually had an antenna that is uh, within, the, within the seal itself. And it's not powered by anything. And how they used it was the antenna would pick up the frequencies or will vibrate to the voices in the room. And when the Russians wanted to listen in on to the bug, they would set their uh, radio to a certain frequency and it will pick up whatever's communicating from the vibration. So to me, 11 was doing something very similar. Um, for uh, So for the t technology, if anyone has heard of a theremin, which is an instrument um, mm -hmm. where you use your hands to create an electromagnetic way of push like capacitors for batteries. And by changing them, you can actually change the pitch in the volume of your, uh, of your tone. Like a lot of the stuff in the 1945, uh, 1950s, like, um, uh, what's the, what's the big song from, um, uh, shit, I can't, how can I not think of this movie right now? Uh, Scarecrow, Tin Man, Lion. Wizard of Oz. Wizard Thank of you. Oz. I, oh. just, Wow, that's the one you're in trouble with, dude. Right. So the the main the um <laughs> the main song in that one the uh with the, with the rainbow I can't remember the name of the song, but Jesus that song, Christ, dude, I am blanking right now. It is late at night and I am not thinking that clearly. Um, it's it's uh, it's, it's it's somewhere somewhere with the rainbow. rainbow. Thank you, there, thank there, you. Yeah, there we go. So my um, God, so that that <laughs> I, that I song was that composed with a theremin. Um, and turned the guy what? who created the theremin, uh, the guy who created the theremin was the one who actually designed this instrument for the Russians when the Russians, uh, pretty much kidnapped him and forced him to make, do science for them. Gotcha. But like, but when we come back to 11, to me, 11's doing that same thing. She's using her mind to, cause obviously she can, you know, she has the supernatural ability to, um, pick up the frequency or pick, uh, pick up the, the vibrations of what this person's saying. And then she's just broadcasting it off to something else, like a radio would take in that the thing would do. Like yep. it's kind of like that, that same kind of science. I thought it was pretty cool. Like, oh, it's kind of that same idea behind it. Yeah, that, it's for those who want to look at some weird science. Um, it's pretty cool. I'm actually trying to build one right now, so hopefully it'll work one of these days. All right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> let us know. Let Connor. us know when that hey. is done. So we can play around with it. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's what I love so my yeah, job. So, so going out off of that, we kind of get a quick back and forth where we have 
Eleven doing this training, and we hear the monster's footsteps, and it's just a, a lot of back and forth flashing between the buyer's house with, house with Joyce and the gang in the AV lab at school. And we see Joyce hearing Will through the wall, which had to have been freaky to just hear your kid coming through the wall and just having no idea what, like, where the hell your kid is. And we see, it, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like a, like a red fleshy type substance come out of the wall. And you can see Will's face. So it's like we finally get that confirmation. Will is alive. You know, even though we kind of got a minor confirmation that, you know, Will's body is a fake. But we know Will's alive. And Eleven is just tuning everything out. So basically the gang is listening in on the whole conversation between Joyce and Will. And we hear just Will kind of scream, it's like home, but it's dark and it's cold. And that was kind of freaky to hear because he's basically at his house in what we kind of know is upside down. So poor Will is being tracked down, trying to get to his mom, but can't because he's stuck in this, you know, the upside down, doesn't know how to get out. So Connor, Nick, do you know or have any idea of how Will is going to get out of the upside down? Because well, we can see them. We can see a physical barrier. Do you know how well, it works? We kind of over... Um, we kind of stepped over it a little bit, but we had that scene in the Hawkins lab mm-hmm. where they do send someone into this. Because you can tell they're like... The, the one thing that I guess is intriguing me most right now about this... The upside down, as you can say... Mm-hmm. Is that in the lab? It looks like a living entity, like not not just the this monster that's there, but the kind of like how a plant reacts to the environment around it. The 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 tendrils and the walls they they react that same way. So when the, like when the guy went in there, you can see the thing closed up by itself, yeah, and like reattached and. And even after that, when they pulled, you no, know, after the guy, you know, I've, uh, I forget the guy, the, it was a dispenser, so it was an SP something. Um, when the guy was in there and they're, they're communicating with him, it's like, oh, I have low visibility. No, everything, like, no, I really can't see something, something moving around here. And then, of course, he was attacked. Once, yep. once they pulled it back in, you can see it kind of opened up a little bit for it. And then slowly closed right back up, kind of like a wound, like quickly seals. And I was like, "Like, is this thing also like a plant that's alive? And like, is or or is it just the like, is the monster connected to the environment itself? Like, are they all one thing, or are they separate things where the monster just lives in this world and they just kind of co- coexist with within each other?" I, I like that theory. I know Mitchell probably will as well. You're kind of yeah. kind of on the right track there. Nick, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so I share a little bit of that. Uh, probably not to the degree of the description that that Connor just gave. Uh, I definitely think that it you know that the that I, I I don't exactly know what to call it. I guess we'll, we'll say it's a portal. I guess for for now, but yeah, I think um, for the purpose, I think portal for for the purposes of this, yeah. So uh, I think obviously that is going to be a main way. Now this is probably gonna come off as like a, a joke, but I think another way is uh, probably something they're not gonna do. But I mean, if they just willingly go out and quote get eaten. I, that's kind of a way, in my opinion, you know, to, yeah. to, to not even, I don't want to say sacrifice. Well, I guess it's a sacrifice, but I, I guess if, if the monster is what got them there in the first place, I feel like they could do that if they were willing, but you know, the, okay. the portal is probably the better option. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what now, I would say. Now, Mitchell, I want your opinion on this. Because the one thing, having watched the show multiple times now and seeing it all the way through, the one part about the Upside Down that doesn't make sense to me is we have this portal inside the lab. 
and then we have this supposed spot in the buyer's house. Mm. The portal opens and closes on its own in the lab, but the one at the buyer's house, you see it, and we saw a monster come out of it last episode. So we know something can come in and out of it. But then Joyce breaks a hole in the wall, and yet there's no sign of it there. in there. Hold so on. Having we also... seen it... Yeah, go Hold ahead. On. There's, something, there's something else that we never brought up either, is that some, I, we never talked about it from episode, the last episode, episode three, is where that monster did come out of the wall. Yeah, and she did chase. No, I was saying it. It did chase. It did chase her down, but then the wall, the wall repaired itself. Yes. So, but but you don't see the upside down through that hole though. That's that's the point. It's like in the lab, you see it. Like you see the vines coming out. There's no evidence of that at all in the buyer's house. It's just a blank wall, and even when there was a hole there, there was no. Yeah, there was no upside down to be seen. I would propose this then. All right. So from my time looking at different stuff, which was like media and things. Um, so that, the first thing I keep thinking of is like, uh, like Legend of Zelda, when you have um, and link, link to the past, you have your, your regular world and you have your dark world. Mm-hmm. And it could be one of those situations where it would say if something happens in reality, it, it it will impact the the uh, the upside down, but maybe whatever happens the upside down doesn't impact the real world. So hence it will return to the state it used to be. Because that that's that's the best thing I can think of right now. Because you know I've you know again like gaming I've seen mechanics like that before, but like it depends you know the reality of how the shows portraying it we'll see in the future we can you know discuss later on um mm-hmm. as you get as i get more information we can discuss this more but no that's that's the thing that i see it as because we already had glimpses um with barb when she was taken that it looked exactly like where she was in the but it was an empty pool and everything was degraded um so it definitely was a different state that they saw but there were changes that happened. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I am currently theorizing about that. Okay. I do I do also have one more theory that I kind of just thought of. Um, I, I have zero idea. This plays part into anything, um, of course. But um, I noticed that throughout like all the episodes so far, that um, whenever... You know, the, the monsters appear, well, I, I guess not all the time, but for most of the times, there there's always, like, music being played in the background, or, like, radio waves yeah. going off, so I feel like there's some frequency stuff that, uh, that could also happen to open said portal. Like, if, if Joyce is playing music in, like, Will's room, I feel like mm-hmm. that's maybe a way and why she can't communicate um but if they're i guess in a place that like doesn't have anything that can like transmit frequencies then they probably can't talk because you see you see 11 is like really fascinated with you know that that radio that uh that mike's got yeah so I, i think that's i think that might have to do with things but it also could do absolutely nothing <laughs> i i think you're gonna be in for a treat come uh season uh season four <laughs> much you know my, my my powers of prediction you know, <laughs> so we'll have to make sure we write this down and come back to it later on and i've literally never looked at anything so okay that's just a guess yes yeah, so, so... After that, we kind of get the end of the episode where good old Lonnie comes home to comfort Joyce. That's right. Not happy about. I don't know if she, I'm. I'm guessing she called him. We don't see her call him, but fucking. Lonnie Does she have a working up. phone? I don't, I don't think. I don't. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how she got in contact with him. Maybe. Maybe. Just, just maybe. 
Maybe John can go contact them. Well, I'm guessing that if your kid dies, they're gonna be like, "Hey, your kid died." Oh, money. Well, maybe what Jonathan said also got to him too. No. Okay. Here's here's my idea. What happened? Because think of the stuff that's happened so far. Joyce has Joyce tried to call him earlier. He didn't answer. Her phone's now dead. So she's kind of doing her own thing. John then went to her once. John, uh, Lonnie knows that Will's missing. I guess he has to guess the dead kid dying that, or quote unquote dying that he would, would go over. But it would not shock me, it being a small town, that after Will and Jonathan like freaked out at each other, someone contacted Lonnie. No. There's definitely nosy people out there who's like, hey, did you hear what happened with Jonathan and uh, your ex? Just recently about you know, Will's death, and I could definitely see some nosy, nosy person just like getting all in, in on that. Yeah, but either way, I was not happy to see Lonnie showed up. It's just going to cause more drama. But that's my my take on that. And then finally, we get Hopper showing up at Hawkins Lab with the gate cutters. Ballsy move on Hopper's part. Because he knows how well they have that place covered in terms of cameras. So I don't know what he's got planned up his sleeve, but you just show up at a government facility with uh, gate cutters, you're asking for trouble. Well, we'll see what responds. (laughs) Yep, so that's the end of that episode. So time for ratings and predictions. Izzo, go ahead. All right, so I have no idea what I gave last week's episode. I think it was eight point something. You gave it an eight flat. Eight flat? Okay, so this one, I think. Have the spreadsheet up. uh, (laughs) This one, okay, that's good. Uh, I think the progression has been to my liking, so I would give this one um, (laughs) probably an 8.2. I don't know how I said yeah, to my, to my slightly, yeah. slightly more. Um, All right, because yeah, I, I mean, like, it, it, to me, like, there hasn't yep. been a filler episode yet. You know, like that's kind of like I'm not like waiting for a filler episode, but I guess at some point I'm suspecting that there will be one. I, I mean, I could be wrong. But, um, yeah, so uh, it was it was better. I liked it than the last one, and yeah, eight point two. Uh, I gave this one the same exact score I had last week, an 8.9, because I thought it same thing, like, it was, again, 8.9, great score. Like, it had great pacing, storylines were great, like, it didn't push, it wasn't worse than the last episode, it wasn't better than the last episode, it was exactly what I want from it, and I was very happy with it. No, it, it hits, hits all the right notes, you know, you have the investigation with Hopper, you have no, you finding more about this you no know, weird upside down entity thing. Um, no, the the actual Nancy storyline is actually getting interesting now with her conversations with Jonathan, and they're starting their own troop, I guess you could say, of finding things out. And then you have the kids with Eleven. I was I thought that was also very good with them, you no, know, really sneaking into the school and literally blowing up the the only good radio that they just, they just bought, or the teacher just bought. <laughs> So I thought, I thought, still, still, fantastic episode. You know, I think it's very, very easily uh, deserved to be tied with last week's episode. Okay, I, I'm gonna have to give it a, an eight point five this week. So same I as really last week. The episode, a well, I would say a very well balanced episode, kind of what you were saying, Connor. To me, I love the fact that you can balance the show with comedy, suspense. And a little bit of horror thrown in there. I like a good balance. And like we were saying a couple weeks ago, we want more Hopper. We got a lot of Hopper in this episode. And I love his character. He's definitely my favorite of the show, besides Dustin. But overall, it was good. That's all I got to say. 8.5. Mr. Accurate. All right. (laughs) Well, here we go. I think that this week you guys are gonna like what I have to say because I'll give you all the crazy I'll give you the crazy decimal points and you know get down to the the nitty gritty when I need to. 
but this episode didn't really call for that. I'm just giving it a straight up nine. Nice. I, well, I thought. Hold on, hold on, I hold on, thought hold on. about. I, to be fair, I'm just happy it's a whole number. That's T was nine point zero zero. That's just to be fair. Nine point nine point zero zero. Yes, because because I thought about nine point zero. Like I was like a nine point zero two. Maybe like like it. I was like, no, this one's just flat out nine. Good. And so believe me, I'm not done. This isn't like oh, I I give in. I no no. This episode just called no, for you just, a you, straight. You're saying flat nine point zero zero. Nine point zero zero. Yes. Um, I really thought that this episode had a little bit of everything. I liked that we started to get more of the, uh, again, Hopper investigation stuff has been my favorite part of this season so far. And I like that we're starting to move a little bit towards something. We're not waiting for something to happen. Things are, are, are happening and things are coming to light. And I, this episode was thoroughly entertaining moved quickly i it, it's definitely my favorite of the uh the, the season so far that's a, that's a big jump for you too mitchell because compared to the previous two episodes when you averaged out for an 8.5 for those two um that's a big 0.5 increment for you so oh no this one was definitely a uh a, a good step forward compared yeah. to uh where we've been at before uh, yeah and i, I like those episodes too i've been no i've been I'm, the highest one on i I think at least two of the last three. Um, um, and... Episode two, you're the highest on compared to everybody else. That's right. You um, were a little higher on three than I was. Yeah, I um, was. I was the same as this week, eight point nine. Yeah, um, but no, it's 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 moving along well. Overall, though, let's let's be real. What comes to everybody's scores and seeing the averages of everybody so far, um, like. Uh, either as good or even better than the previous week and like that's an average of 8.65 which honestly really okay. clean number i like to see that uh don't get but, used to it but but no still it's it's still a deserved score because of the fact that like to me how i saw it what came to this week and last week is that the tempos of the episodes were different but the tempos felt right for the episodes, if that makes sense. Weren't we in the sevens for some of the recent ones? So this might be uh, episode big... episode two was sevens. Um, episode okay. two, two was seven point seven, seven point five, seven point two, and you were the highest. We went up to eight point five two. Okay, and what was what was three? What was the average for three? Uh, average for three was eight point four six. Okay, so not as sizable of a jump as I had expected. No, it was more so the fact that like, uh, you you do have been floating around your you've been again you being highest in episode two definitely increased it high up to make it more closer to the rest because us three were more down the episode like for me was the pacing of it, mm -hmm. um, but we were definitely more in line with how everybody's grading the episodes to seeing the same kind of increases. That's uh, that's what you want to see when you're starting, especially in a in a first season where it really has to grab you or you, you lose interest in it. It's going up. Yeah, that, that's that's what you want. And like I'll say this too, even with the little dip in two, the fact that three and four caught you right back in, and you're like, oh, this it's like the the payoff paid off. Do you usually how how many episodes do you give a TV show to really figure out like? If it's for you or not. For me, it depends on the show and how long of a show and how long the episodes are. If it's a show that has yes. episodes that are like 50 minutes or more, and it's like an eight-episode show, I usually go halfway. I'll try my hardest if it's a show that's been out for a while. I'll try and finish at least the first season because a lot of shows sometimes have a weak middle. But with the longer episode shows, I'm more likely to jump off of it. But that's just me. I get that. Yeah, because I know that there's uh, there's some shows where people are like, oh, well, the first season isn't very good. It's like, oh, well, then that's uh, – I might not just – I might just not watch that one. You're telling me the yeah. entire first season is, isn't any good. But this one definitely came out swinging, and I, I know that you know Connor and Nick 
as two people who have not seen the show, if you were not uh, held up at gunpoint by Tommy to uh, watch these episodes, uh, it, it seems to me that from your grades, you would still be interested in watching it. If Definitely. I it, To me, it's, the case. for me, when it comes to shows, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but like I have to... If I get started on one, I would get hooked. Like I would seriously, it's hard, it's hard for me not to binge this right now, because the fact that, yeah, <laughs> because you you, you yep. want to keep going, and I have a reason to actually want to like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. Like for me, when it comes to shows, uh, I'm very much like the first three episodes. If you don't get me by then, I'm out. Uh. And I know some have a slow burn or, or even like a kind of situation with like a Chekhov's firing squad where, for those who don't know, it's like there's different things that are happening and then everything kind of happens all at once. Um, but like, to me, like, I, I guess the best thing that I guess the, like, to me, I watch a lot of different types of um, media. Like the most recent show I watched was, um, I have uh, with the crunch, like or anime Crunchyroll, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. And Ooh, I've I was like, good things about that one. Yeah, and like I I was like, you know what? I've heard good things. I'll give it a shot. No. Threw on no. I threw on the first two episodes with me and my girlfriend. And like once like by episode two, I'm like, this is good. I'm hooked. Let's go. And All right. to me, to me, if I don't get that feeling of like that I'm I'm invested, then it's it's hard for me to keep up. Like for like that's what happened with the Game of Thrones for me was like I got to the first couple couple of episodes like oh like this first season the first two seasons were good but it, it gets to a point where it just kind of dies out to me or I, I lose interest and then I'm out completely. No, it could See, be the opposite idiot. happened to me where I didn't I wasn't really able to watch it until like late 2018 early 2019 and then by that point. I really liked what I was seeing. I was about midway through the first season, but then everyone started talking about how bad the last season was, and it made my interest in watching the show plummet. That's also because everyone well. was because everyone was talking about how just terrible the last season was, and I heard some things, and those were indeed very stupid things in a finale. Mm-hmm. So I, I. I still have never made it past the third season of Game of Thrones, and I probably never will, even though I've heard so many good things about the. I mean, middle you can make the argument show. though. You can make the argument though that a show is good based on how much people trash on it if it's bad. Only because you become so invested in the characters, and that's kind of what happened with Game of Thrones. Everybody was so invested in all these characters, you really love them, and then to see their story arcs kind of just get trashed in the final season, you get really pissed off because you're like, that's just not how these characters would have acted i heard the same thing about dexter and that kind of turned me off to dexter as well because everyone just keeps telling me about man this show's phenomenal that finale no as someone who's watched as someone who watched dexter actually went through that yeah that sucked great show it was a great show and like i watched it later on and like i would maybe like I watched I watched Dexter when I first moved up to New York because I had like a week or two and I was like I have time I'm just going to binge something because I wasn't starting work the next like week and I've been through Dexter and I was like oh this is amazing like great great style and then and this is coming from who's like who's a huge like mystery kind of fan like I grew up with like Bones and all that kind of shows uh, and once I hit that finale I was like really. This is how you're gonna end it, like. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, but for me, like, if if I'm if I'm invested, I am completely in. But like, what comes to Game of Thrones too is like, it's also like that I have like ADHD brain where like, if I do lose interest, I can just completely forget about forget about something, and if it's not like, yeah. in the forefront of my brain, oh, I need to watch another episode of this. I might it might just fall off and like I I haven't watched this in a while and I have to sit down and actually put energy out to watch this again. Fair enough. So let's let's wrap this up um with our predictions for next week's episode, which is titled The Flea and the Acrobat. The Flea.
believe Take that as you will. Connor, Nick, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Jeez. Um, I think, uh, man, honestly, I don't even have that much of a prediction other than that I think they're going to get more contact, like the, um, like Mike and, and the kids are going to get more contact with with Will somehow through, um, you know, Eleven's powers. But I think in terms of Hopper, I think he is going to get inside and find um, inside the lab that is um, uh, and, and actually find some, some evidence that points to like who and what the hell is going on. Um, other than that, I unfortunately don't have much of a prediction. I just, I think that's where the next episode is going. That's enough. Connor, how about um, you? I, I'm low-key hoping for Hopper to go, like, secret agent, like, Bob and Weave, like, not get caught and, like, Bob and Weave throughout the building and see what he can find. Will it happen? Maybe? No. They, they might, like, it could be a situation where, it, it, to me, it can go either one or two ways. It can go one way where he gets in like i don't think you'll get caught at least initially but i think that either he go does go undetected or they have to, or they're interrogate him later where like it might come to bite him in the ass um and the other thing i'm actually really interested in is uh how much more nancy will get invested into finding barb um, because now, because th- I guess the, the one storyline plot that I was like kind of iffy on until recently, until Barb got kidnapped was, okay, what's, what's Nancy's investment. And now she's completely invested in this whole situation. I'm curious, the dynamics of her, Jonathan, and like, uh, will, will her and Joyce speak together? Like, oh, what did you see? What did you see? And no, I still think that those two that know. I think it's going to separate into a party of now Nancy, Joyce, and Jonathan, and then you still have the kids who are still doing their own thing because who trusts adults? Um, so we'll see how those two will collaborate later in the future, or they do. Um, but that's how I, I kind of see a, a coalition of you no know, Joyce, Nancy, and Jonathan actually because now they now they know that oh Joyce isn't crazy; she actually might know something more. Uh, who knows yeah. what Lonnie does though? Because screw Lonnie. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that those are some good predictions, but I think that wraps up tonight's episode. So if anybody else has anything to say, say it now. Forever hold your peace. <laughs> and <laughs> with that, we're the Jersey Nerds. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Strange Nerds podcast. We'll see you next week where we cover episode five, the flea and the acrobat. Have a good night. Those